What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 305 of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I'll be breaking down some of the rumors, current events, news, gossip, and pretty much anything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. First things first, how y'all doing today? Make sure you let me know in the comments below not only that, but also your thoughts on all the topics that we're going to be talking about here. And let's just go ahead and get started with them. Let's talk about how things are sometimes just a little too sweet when it comes to copyright infringement. WWE has threatened legal action against the Bullet Club for using that too sweet moniker, which of course they own at least some rights to from the WCW and WWE stuff in the past that it originally, you know, spawned from. Uh, if you don't know the story behind this whole idea, uh, a little bit of brush up on history, what the click used to do is the little too sweet gesture, and they eventually took this into WCW with the NWO and everything like that, and it became kind of a little bit more of like a Kevin Nash thing, I guess. Uh, like, he was really the one that, like, really did it the most more than anybody else. But the Bullet Club has adopted that on their own for quite some time, and it seems like WWE is just kind of sick and tired of it. So they are now threatening to, of course, you know, not let them be able to actually do any more t-shirts and stuff based off of this. And the Bullet Club, they're kind of trying to turn into the skid and make a little bit of money on the idea of the censorship and the copyright. It's not really censorship. It's more so, you know, you're not able to steal something that somebody else has and stuff. But uh, I am on the fence when it comes to this kind of a thing. I have my t-shirt shops and some designs get taken down every once in a while for copyright infringement. And to me, that's kind of ridiculous in certain ways. And I can understand if I, say, took like a picture of, I don't know, Roman Reigns. And I just basically put the picture on there. Then, to me, that's just flat-out stealing. And I don't understand how a lot of people can get away with that on websites like Redbubble and TeePublic and whatnot. To me, though, when I do parody-type things, that should be okay. You know, if I had, like, for instance, they took immediately down when I had a parody of the whole boss idea of Sasha Banks. I had a video game kind of design that said boss level. And it was basically a parody of her logo combined with some video game kind of stuff. And they didn't want the, any of that whatsoever. They took down my uh, No Money in the Bank uh, logo parody. And I've gotten things taken down that are, like, really ridiculous. Like, I'll I'll put up a vote for Captain America thing and Marvel will be like, no, nope, that's our copyright and whatever and... Some of it's absolutely ridiculous. The Enzo and Cass uh, Law and Order shirts, for instance, WWE were the ones that took that down, not Law & Order. And it's more of a Law & Order parody than it is Enzo and Cass. So I side with the Bullet Club when it comes to if they did parody things, but they aren't necessarily trying to parody it. They're trying to just adopt that on their own because they think that it's cool. And for you to do that, I think that that goes right into the copyright infringement era. Because if you look at certain things in the wrestling industry, you're going to know that they're going to be a parody of each other. You're going to know that when they do, like, the Dingo Warrior becomes the Ultimate Warrior, and then he becomes Warrior, and it's like, all right, you're, you're switching around things a little bit, but not insanely. 
And when Hulk Hogan goes from WWF to uh, WCW and he can't use real American anymore, so they use American made, that's kind of trying to parody things a little bit. So if the Bullet Club were to do something that was similar to Too Sweet, but not the exact same thing, then I'd be all on their side. But you got to imagine, they were just kids that used to like that attitude error type stuff and they wanted to do it again that's why they do the super kicks is because they were big fans of Shawn michaels and that's kind of uh that's kind of shitty uh i also think it's kind of funny that they did this whole invasion thing and they were like oh we did something that's never been done before and all that and it's like no dx did it so you're not really all that innovative when it comes to that but It'll be interesting to see if something comes out of this, where if the Bullet Club and, you know, the uh, the Young Bucks and everybody associated with that, if they stop using the Too Sweet, or if they can kind of get around it with some loopholes and continue to do it. But I would assume that WWE has more pull when it comes to this, and if push comes to shove, which is a bad uh, phrase to use after saying that they have more pull, but you get what I mean. I think that they can eventually tell them to stop, and they'll have to stop. But the idea of taking things from WWE and moving out of WWE makes us talk about the next subject that we got going on here. Daniel Bryan has hinted, or, well, flat out said, that he's growing his hair out because of a future wrestling match that he would like to have. And he more than likely wants to do it in Mexico and make it like a hair versus hair match or a hair versus mask match or something like that. Uh, this is another sign that once his contract is up, that he's going to be leaving WWE and he's going to be trying to wrestle elsewhere. And that is not something that I'm all too fond of. One of the things that pisses me off, that pisses me off. That's kind of a strong phrase that bugs me. I guess you could say about the situation is if he is legitimately able to wrestle, WWE should be the place where he should be wrestling. Number two, which annoys me if Daniel Bryan leaves, then what's going to happen over the next bunch of years? He's going to wrestle elsewhere, and he's going to risk his life because he just wants to wrestle a couple more matches where it's not going to be something that people pay too much attention to. And uh, he, he risks so much for so little, essentially. Number three... Daniel Bryan leaving means that SmackDown no longer has Daniel Bryan as a general manager. And who do you bring in to replace him as a general manager? For the most part, I haven't really liked Kurt Angle as a GM. He's been okay, but he hasn't been too awesome. And I don't want to see the authority back. I don't want to see something like Triple H starts running Raw and Stephanie starts running SmackDown. And that blurs the line even more with the whole brand split because we talk about that and how that sucks. And I don't think that Shane's willing to do it on his own. And Shane might even be leaving if they do something with him and Kevin Owens and all that. So that's kind of in flux and stuff too. And that kind of makes me concerned about what they're going to do when Daniel Bryan leaves. And I just don't like the situation in general. I, I think that this is kind of kind of pointless a little bit. And I hope that... Obviously, if he does go and he leaves, that nothing happens and that he can come back into the WWE fold sooner than later. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that he would because I don't think that the Bella Twins are ever going to really leave. I don't think that Cena's ever going to leave. And eventually they're going to just convince him to come back and stuff, too. But 
yeah, I just I'm not a big fan of the situation. So that's another example of how he is going to leave. And at this point, I think it's a guarantee. So don't be too shocked if we get a random thing with him leaving over the course of the next, like, uh, when was his uh, deal up? Another year, I think. I think something like that. I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, We've got some people leaving and going elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. If we're going to talk about that idea, we might as well just keep it in the realm of that. There's some talk that Caitlyn might be returning to WWE. I said that kind of weird. That Robbie E. has left Impact Wrestling and that Tessa Blanchard might be signing with Impact Wrestling. So let's unpack that a little bit. Tessa Blanchard leaving the May Young Classic with a first round loss, I think was kind of a bad idea. And she's somebody who I'm really curious why they wouldn't sign to WWE, but they haven't signed a whole lot of these women. We still haven't heard of a full-on signing for like Candice LeRae. And as far as I know, uh, Jazzy, uh, Jazzy Gabbert, is it Gabbert or Gabbert? I keep fucking forgetting about that. As far as I know, she's signed, but I don't seem to find any information about that elsewhere. And there's Tony Storm, and there's Mercedes Martinez, and there's all these people that should be getting signed. Piper Niven, and, uh, you know, it's really kind of curious why somebody like a Tessa Blanchard wasn't signed. So, for her to go and sign with Impact is a sign, if that's true, which it seems like it is, that WWE told her, like, look, we're just not going to be signing you anytime soon, and maybe in the future, if you want to go elsewhere and you want to work at some other organizations, then go ahead, but that's something that kind of makes it seem like she's going to sign there and stay there for a couple of years, and she is young enough that she could go there, and then she could come to WWE after that, but I would still think that they would want her in WWE, and it's really kind of confusing why they wouldn't, because she has talent in the ring, she has looks, so what else are they really looking for? And why not any of the other women that haven't signed either? It's really kind of weird. Uh, Robbie E. leaving Impact is not good for Impact, but with most of the people with Impact whether they're coming or going, I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things. And that's not to say that Robbie E is like a piece of shit or anything. I've never met the guy before. He's done some work with OTW, never got a chance to actually like, you know, meet him and hang out with him and figure out who he is like beyond the character and stuff. But he's always been somebody that I thought was pretty interesting and somebody that I thought that there was a potential for. And I would have actually at one point uh, been interested to see him team up with Zack Ryder. That would have been kind of interesting. Now, it's past that point, and I still think that Robbie E. didn't make enough of an impact, you know, pun and not intended, that that company is just so watered down, and it's so <sighs> shitty. <laughs> like, I was trying to think of another word for shitty, but really, it, that's, that's what it is. It's just, they're a, a shitty company as far as like the the way that the fans are going to be looking at them and they're going to be looking at them no matter what they brought in Hulk Hogan and it didn't help they brought in Eric Bischoff and it didn't help they had Kurt Angle and that was about the best time that they ever had with him and Styles and Joe and Rude and all of those talented people and now those people are kind of just heading off into other directions they're coming into NXT they're coming into WWE itself they're sticking around with Ring of Honor Ring of Honor seems like it's doing much better than Impact. 
And I'm hoping that Robbie E goes to Ring of Honor because that'd be kind of good. And if not, I'd like to see him at NXT. But no indication of that really for the most part has been happening or happen around hopping around on the internet as far as I'm aware. Uh, if he does sign, obviously that'll be another hot tag in the future, but I don't think that this is going to be one of those things where it's like, oh man, Robbie E left Impact, and now, now that's the death knell for Impact. No, they've gone through far worse, and they're, they'll stick around for a while. Caitlin coming to WWE, though, or returning to WWE, I don't know about that. Um, Caitlin is from a different era. She was not somebody who was really all that talented in the ring and she did do better at court towards the end of her career. So I'll give her credit where it's due, but she is not going to look the same. I think compared to this current crop of women and they're much better in the ring. Uh, but Hey, you know what? If WWE sees some value to her and you know, maybe she's been training a lot, then give her a shot. Why not? She is somebody who has a history in WWE before, so when she comes back, it could be at least a little bit of a buzz. And I don't think that's going to be too much. I don't think people are going to be like, oh man, now I'm going to watch the women's revolution or something like that. Nah, probably not. But if she does come back into the fold and she either is on NXT or Raw or SmackDown and she proves her worth, then hey, sure, why not? Although, at the same time, we heard a lot about Kelly Kelly coming back, and it's been months, and she has not come back whatsoever. Not for a single promo, not for a match, nothing. So, I don't think that that's really going to be the case, and if Caitlyn does return to WWE, I'll be a little bit shocked. Uh, we got four more stories here. Let's talk about the most recent little special that they put up on the WWE Network, which was another episode of WWE Storytime. Season 2, Episode 3, Making Mistakes. And my usual see it or skip it is going to continue here. You you can skip this one. This one was not really all that interesting, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Jake Roberts talked about this referee and the snake. That one was the most fun one out of the whole bunch. Big Cass talked about how he accidentally left a pizza cooking. Sergeant Slaughter talked about Andre the Giant falling asleep in the ring. And The Miz talked about the red ass contest, which was just a bunch of women slapping a bunch of guys on the ass. And I didn't really chuckle. Uh, the best part about the whole thing was the idea that macho man was just messing around with a referee, but overall skip. Don't even bother with it. Let's talk about what culture pro wrestling. If you guys uh, have paid attention to anything YouTube and wrestling related over the past, uh, what has it been like five months or something like that? It seems there's been a big issue with the algorithm on YouTube having issues with like wrestling content and other kind of stuff too. Like a suicide prevention thing would get flagged and basically it would come up as not being monetized. So that, essentially killed WCPW before I even got a chance to watch any of their shows. And they have gone through some structural changes and everything, and they're now going to be rebranded as Defiant Wrestling. And to kind of give themselves a little shot in the arm, they are bringing in Wade Barrett to be their general manager. Stu Bennett is his real name, so he can't go by Wade Barrett because that's a WWE copyright kind of thing. And apparently that only works if you're the Bullet Club. But that is a good get. I would say, I mean, we were just talking on the mailbag about like, if you had your own wrestling company, who would you hire to be your general manager or your commissioner type? 
And I didn't think about Wade Barrett, but you know what? He is a good idea for that because he did do that Bad News Barrett thing, and he could come out there, and I'm assuming that he can still say the I'm afraid I've got some bad news kind of thing, but maybe not. I don't know. And if he can, then, yeah, that's kind of fun that he can come out there and he can be like, you know, I'm going to overturn the results of that match and I'm afraid I got some bad news. The match is going to start right now, like that kind of a thing. I kind of like the idea. I probably still won't watch any Defiant Wrestling because I don't have the fucking time to, but if it seems like it's awesome, then send some links my way. Maybe I'll check it out. Two more stuff to talk about here. Randy Orton is sick of being a babyface, and he wants to turn heel sooner than later, which is pretty much verbatim as he said it on the Edge and Christian podcast, that he's sick and tired of it. He just doesn't like being a babyface, which is what we know from history. He does not like being a babyface pretty much ever. He really always likes being a heel. And I think that he's been a babyface for uh, nine months now, it seems, and he's already kind of sick and tired of it. But I'm I'm 50-50 on this. Randy Orton is better as a heel. But it all depends on the feuds that we're going to get going forward. If we can get a heel Randy Orton against a babyface AJ Styles, that could be a really good feud. We never got babyface Orton versus Kevin Owens. We still haven't gotten babyface Orton versus Dolph Ziggler. And... If he turns heel and he goes up against Bobby Roode, I still quite don't get the whole babyface Bobby Roode thing. So to me, babyface Orton versus heel Bobby Roode is a better option. But it is totally dependent upon what they want to do for the next couple of months and what they want to do heading into WrestleMania and such. Uh, maybe a heel Orton versus Shinsuke Nakamura could be pretty interesting. I still think that uh, babyface Orton versus heel Baron Corbin could be another good way to go too. So in my mind, this is what we should be doing. Uh, Orton should... Well, see, now I'm getting ahead of myself. I think that Orton should be the next feud for Baron Corbin. I think Corbin should win that United States title from AJ Styles, and we should get Corbin versus Orton going a little bit forward. Eventually, after that is done, I would like to see him against maybe Kevin Owens and maybe him against Dolph Ziggler. And then at that point, you can turn him. AJ Styles and Orton needs to happen at some point in 2018. And Nakamura and Orton seems needs to happen at some point in 2018. I think that Rude does too, but I still think that Rude needs to turn uh, heel and that that would work a lot better. So maybe Orton Rude at WrestleMania where Orton is a babyface and Rude is the heel. I think that that could work. And then it, right after that is when he turns. That way Nakamura, maybe if he wins the title from AJ Styles going forward at WrestleMania then that could be his first feud. That'd be pretty interesting. I'd like to see that happen, and I do think that Randy Orton is better off as a heel, but I don't think that that should happen, you know, in the next month or so. Finally, let's talk about that Vince McMahon movie that is supposedly in the works called Pandemonium, which I still hate that title. It's just so generic. Uh, Apparently, Bradley Cooper has been offered the role of Vince McMahon. And at first, I thought to myself, ah, come on, really? I like Bradley Cooper a lot. I actually think that he's underrated in a lot of ways. 
but at first I, w- I wasn't seeing it. And the more that I thought about it, yeah, I could see Bradley Cooper being a really good Vince McMahon. He doesn't have quite the look exactly. And he's not going to have that same, like, you know, bravado type of thing. But he could pull it off. I think that he could have the the right kind of mindset to play this character. And it all depends on the script. The title already is making me think that this isn't the way that things are going to go. Uh, but there's no indication that he's signed on for it, that he's accepted the role. It's just a matter of him being offered the role. And the trades, I guess, going out there and just kind of being like, hey, let's see what happens if we put this out there. And if people really like it, then maybe we'll give them a little bit of a sweeter deal or maybe that'll convince them that this could be some kind of an Oscar contender role. I highly doubt it, but you never know. And you know what? I can't think of too many people that would be better. So if Bradley Cooper gets the role, awesome. Now just make sure that the script is good and change the title. Change it to McMahon. Just make it McMahon, you know? Or make it like, I don't know, the Wrestling Empire or something like that. I I hate that fucking idea. Never mind, don't do that. (laughs) Uh, But Pandemonium to me is just, uh, no. Uh, It's not good. I still say, just call it McMahon. That'd be so much better. And, yeah, Bradley Cooper's got my endorsement, at least as far as this very, very generic, basic sort of cursory glance of this whole idea is. But if you have any other suggestions of who you'd like to see cast as Vince McMahon or any other major players that are going on with that, then drop them in the comments below. Tell us what you think about not only that story, but all the other things we were talking about. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already and ring that bell and check off notifications to get notified of when the new videos come up because the next one is going to be our Hell in a Cell predictions sometime around Wednesday. And then, of course, at the end of the week, we've got Hell in a Cell itself. So we're going to be doing the post show for that one. So stay tuned for both of those. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. And, of course, check out SmartOutMoment.com itself for anything else that's happening over there. But that's going to do me in for episode 305. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I'm being counted out.